Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I'm Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Please keep sharing the podcast. Uh, very much appreciate any ratings, uh, but mostly we just really like the downloads, so thank you very much. You're in a pretty good mood, oh. all things considered. I had the best weekend I've had all year. Yeah? Yeah. Are we, how are we going to talk? Are we gonna, you just, just going to spill out a couple stories now, or do you want to well, try to say So I drove to Sioux Falls and just worked for my hotel room on, on Friday, and you just went out and had dinners and had drinks. and Down in free country. D- down in free country. Met a bunch of great people. I was making friends left and right, just talking to everyone that I saw, because it's kind of nice to interact with other humans. Yeah. At, t- I, at I have found that, that the ability to relate to human beings you must actually talk and spend time with Correct. human beings to do that it's it's tough not to yeah so i had a, a great weekend um like i said met a bunch of people i want to make a special shout out to my gal tiffany she okay. works at this place uh so if you've never been to sioux falls they got a nice little downtown and yep. their, their main drag is called phillips avenue so there's, there's this bar called pave for phillips avenue p-a-v-e um She's the head bartender there, okay. and I, she runs a pretty tight ship, man. Yeah, yeah, oh boy. Yeah. She, she. Uh, I overheard her and this customer kind of getting in. You could tell, like overhearing what was going. I was, you know, eavesdropping. Apparently, she had kicked him out last week, <laughs> and he came back in. And they, they must have known each other. You could tell they kind of had a okay. rapport. Um, but she had kicked him out because her the guy's buddy told her to f off. She goes, nobody tells me to f off in my bar. I'll tell you what, you f off. And she, <laughs> I'm like, and so I got to know her as the night went on, and I'm like, uh, oh, you know, what's your name, Tiffany? Okay. I'm like, are you working tomorrow? She's like, yeah. I go, I'm gonna come in tomorrow. Yeah. And so I did. I went there every night. Nice. And talked to Tiffany. And there was yeah. two guys at the bar, and I, I can't remember their names, but they knew. I mean, I. I kept thinking this can't be happening. Like they knew so much about football. Like you know how yes. when you meet somebody, like you you test the waters, yes. and as they get, as you're you like, find out, the, no, you know. But as you find out that they and actually like you know, think they're, they're kind of being knowledgeable. Then all of a sudden they're like, oh, Maryland and Rutgers are in the Big Ten. And sure. You're like, ah, oh, jeez. No, but these guys knew what they were talking about, right. and, and I, I kept testing them, and they kept passing. So we just talked football, me and these two bartenders, the whole night. Glorious. And this guy next to me. He goes, at one point, he just kind of throws his hands up. He goes, look, I like football and everything. How do you guys know all this stuff? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. It just happened. We just do. But it's it a was, hobby. It was great. They were, I don't know. I feel like they were placed there by the football gods to talk to me that night. Yes. And you were placed for them. Probably. Yeah. So I just. Tiffany as well. Tiffany's great. Um, go see Tiffany at PAVE. Um, I mean, I'm going to be, when I go back there, because it's part of my territory. Yep. So I'll be back there. Good. I'm going to PAVE every night. Tiffany, that's that's how you 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 treat your patrons with respect, entertain them, give them good service. They come back. It was it was just so funny the way that she was talking to this guy. I felt like I was in Philadelphia (laughs) as far as the just outright rudeness. Yes. Yeah. But this guy clearly deserved deserved it. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he deserved it. It was great. And then congrats, man. We'll talk a little more about this, but I also got to go to a sports book. So I was asking the two football guys. I'm like, where would you recommend I go to watch a game? And they're like, well, you know, a lot of things don't open till like afternoon anymore because of because the row. So they just don't have as much business. Um, and the, the guy's like, well, why don't you go to the sports book? I'm like, there's no sports book. What are you talking about? He's like, no, 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 there's a sports book. I'm like, yeah, but it's got to suck. He's like, no, it's like a Vegas sports book. So I went to this Grand Falls Casino right over the border with Iowa. So as soon as you get into Iowa, like you see the welcome to Iowa sign on the right, on the left is the, the casino. That, okay. This sports, I'm telling you, it's basically like a Caesars sports book. It was that good. So I've never been to Caesars. I've been to South Point. Which sets a lot of lines. That's where Brent Musburger hosts okay. his what basically is a gambling show. So I know what that sports book look and feels like. I gotta check this one out. Oh soon, man, this mean, is drivable. And I tell you what, when I go there for work now, I'm staying at that casino every yeah. time. I mean, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, great beers on tap. Jay was my bartender there. He was a great dude. Um, we'll get into this too. But as you know, it's in Iowa. Right. I'm the only person wearing a line of stuff. Everyone around me is Iowa fans. Yep. I must have got three or four beers bought. From me, Fantastic. from people I didn't like. I mean, didn't I even know where they're coming from. But I was talking to a lot of the Iowa fans, right? And I was kind of we were mixing it up, we were having good fun. It, but there was like people buying me 
drinks from all the way on the other side of the sports book that I wasn't even talking to. They just but they, but they see the Illini shirt from all the way over oh, there. Oh, I was just like the fun-loving party guy. Yeah. I, was, I was a little intoxicated. Right, right, right. Go ahead and say it. I was talking to everybody, so they just thought I was a riot, and they just kept sending beers over. I hope you got some more podcast listeners out of it. So uh, I think the guys at the bar that I was talking to, I, I let them know. So we talked for hours, and I finally said, all right, yeah. I just got to tell you. I've got yeah. this podcast. You check out, check out yeah. this podcast. I think the one guy was not a podcast listener, so I don't think he'll. Sure. But the other guy's like, I'll listen to that. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Good yeah. stuff, man. That was fun. Good to hear success stories in 2020, no matter how we can get them. Yep. All right, so we do weekly Eisman. Yep. This was kind of a tough week, a little bit. There was not – a whole lot of great offensive performances. Spencer Petras had a good game against that porous Illini pass defense. 18 to 28 for 220 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Uh, let's see. Oh, Adrian Martinez actually had a pretty solid game. Let's see. We got 23 at 30 for 242, one touchdown passing, two running touchdowns. But I think what we're going to do here, it was a pretty defensive weekend. Very much so. Okay, so we're going to go with this guy. You may, you may have heard of him. His name is Micah McFadden, plays for the IU Hoosiers. Have you heard of them? So nine total tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss, and I guess was the Walter Camp defensive, defensive player, player of the week. Of the week. Yeah. So he's also your Eisman candidate for, for this there week. There you go. So as we were talking through it and we decided, yes, it is more of a defensive week, we should give it to a defender, and we a quick little search on the uh, Twitter sphere or Internet. I don't know where I, I saw it, but we saw that he was the player of the week, and just seems to make the most sense. Well, and great performance for a, a great defense overall. So yes. he had the, the performance of the day for that great defensive effort from Indiana. Only gave him up six points. Not that he was the only one running around making plays for that defense. Sure. On Saturday evening, there was a ton. We'll get into that later. All right, so um, congratulations to uh, Mr. McFadden. I'm sure we'll talk about a couple other uh, Indiana Hoosiers that had a great game defensively once we uh, get into that game. Uh, so a couple things, just looking around the conference. This is a stat that's kind of all around Twitter. I think I started seeing it actually on Saturday evening already. Saw it again today. There are 10 teams sitting at two wins in the Big Ten Conference. And the crazy thing, there isn't anybody less than two wins. I know. Isn't that weird? So it's 10 teams with two wins, and then the other four teams that are the ranked okay, team. So or, look, okay, look yeah. at each division. You have In each division, you have two teams that have more than two wins, and then everybody else for the rest of the division is even at two. Right. So obviously the Big Ten naysayers are going to say, what a crappy conference. Of course. Right? Um, I'm not saying that this is one of the shining jewel no. years for the Big Ten, but like, I still think there is something here where you say there is no easy out in uh-uh. the entire no, conference. I don't, like, I don't think there is. Like Vanderbilt is awful. I'm just using sure. them as, as an example again. Um, Kansas is awful. Like yep. these, there isn't one of those teams. No, because in even here. like Purdue, nobody wants to play Purdue. Right. I mean, even Illinois, they they're dangerous. Absolutely. Uh, Michigan is near the bottom, and when is Michigan ever going to be a team where you're just like? Right. Well, it's Michigan. They're not going to win. Point being is th- that's what you're seeing a lot here. I, I mean, you know? I'll, I'll say this one again. It's just, I, I'm amazed at how good Maryland looks compared to last year. Well, I mean, they didn't play. I know they didn't play this week. weekend, but yeah. But again, that's another team yeah. that uh, and, and Ruck- Ruckers, Ruckers is just you. You, you got to bring your lunch pail and go to work when you play Rutgers. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. I mean, obviously what plays into all those teams having two wins is there's been a ton of games and teams have therefore not had a chance to play. If two or three more games are played, obviously we wouldn't be able to use this stat right now, uh, but it is incredible. The other thing I think about too is, you know, I can't exactly put pen to paper on this, but if this if these teams pretty much look like they do this year, obviously a ton of these games or teams, excuse me, would have had non-conference games yeah. that they would have played. I think most of the Big Ten teams would have went 2-1 and one or 3-0 and oh yeah. out of conference. So you'd have a ton more wins that you would have attributed to some of these teams. It wouldn't look quite this weird. The other side of it, too, is, you know, maybe just the cream is rise to the top. Ohio State, Indiana, Northwestern, and Iowa yep. simply are the four best teams yeah. this year. And, and maybe it would have looked pretty similar to that even in a non-odd year, I still would hold Wisconsin pretty high up. Like, I know a lot of people, like Dustin Schutte's had his rankings where they're pretty funny, where mm-hmm. he's like one through four, and then after that he just said, I don't know, guys, you figure it right. out. This is a mess, you know, which is hilarious. 
I might be crazy. I still I still put Wisconsin at a strong five for yeah, my taste. I think but, I'd have to put them at five. Yeah, but then but, but they're then also I, not impressive. Well, not overall team. I mean, we'll get into that. But I don't know. That defense is still pretty impressive. Yeah, that's and, true. You know, that's that's something that's still to me. But anyways, all right. Should we get into the games? Get into the games. All right. First up uh, was the first noon game that we decided to go over, which is Ohio State 52, Michigan State 12. I had 49 to 13 in this game, so mm. it was dang close. The Buckeyes with 521 yards of total offense to Sparty's 200 and 61. This was a Buckeyes by 24 line. They easily covered that. Uh, the over-under was 60. It wound up at 64 with some late kind of garbage-ish touchdowns. So I don't know who – somebody somebody had some sort of money on that and got, got bit. But So I think I got this one at 23-and-a-half at the book. Yep. And I then I I found out the, the linemen were out, that they had six starters out. I'm like, oh, my God, this right. is going to be an easy cover here. And then they just started playing out of their minds. And right. I, I'm Wait, talking now, people- the oh, Ohio State – had well you took michigan state i took michigan state oh yeah okay I had michigan most state. of the money was on ohio state and i was just bragging to every can you can you believe i got this line yeah with all these guys out and then they just got absolutely dismantled it really was i mean that is an amazing job by the ohio state coaches offensive line coach to have oh my gosh to have that much shuffling on how is off- that even i and i kept saying that how that are they be, doing this they, that should not be possible you can't and lord just... knows and lord knows michigan state is not a you know an incredible opponent well but I they're still... li- they're limited for what they can do as far as being a dangerous team but you 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 agree with me they have a pretty good defense yes how are they doing that to that defense is my question okay you want to know why because Ohio State is freaking good. Oh my god! I mean, they, they were so, up. Okay, we we haven't got to the Indiana game. We obviously we're going to talk about it, but I think Indiana proved to a lot of people. I, I would even say some people that I was kind of seeing on Twitter outside of the Big Ten footprint on Saturday were understanding that Indiana went into that game without their star quarterback. And just put the clamps down. Why? Because they've got an incredibly coached sure. and talented defense. Yep. And they just they just stamped out the Wisconsin offense. Okay. Yep. That same defense was playing Ohio State a couple weeks ago. Right. And Ohio State lit them up to the tune of at one point, I believe it was 35 to 7. 35 to 7 at one point, yeah. Um here, the thing I that I've been saying is are, is their defense going to, at some point, mesh? Well, they looked pretty damn good. I know it's the Michigan State offense, but the thing that impressed me, I would say maybe even more, was how good their defense looked. I And I, that was kind of my point in why I took Ohio State. I mean, we talked about how, you know, this needed to be a statement game. Um, uh, but also because, again, I go back to the Indiana game. Their defense really did look good versus Indiana for about two and a half quarters yes. in that game. I know that it's the, it's a complete game. You know, you got to take all the stats into account. Don't get me wrong, but I can't just forget about the fact of how good Ohio State's defense did look up to that. Yeah, that defense made a point to to, to look like that for the entire four quarters. So what did it wind up being? Two hundred and sixty-one yards total offense for Michigan State. Eighty-one yards rushing. Two point nine yards on the ground average. There was nothing there for Michigan State to do. Um, knocked uh, Lombardi out on a on a hit. Thorne came in. He looked okay. Neither of them looked very good. They, I mean, they, and it just it, nobody was going to look good in this game for Michigan State. Ohio State 100% dictated what was happening in this, and you know that's what happened. And then the 322 yards of rushing that sticks out. To that me. sticks out as well against this good defense. A, a good exactly a good defense. And then when you look at it too for Ohio State, okay, Trey Sermon over 100 yards, Justin Fields. Over 100 yards, um, but then two other players had 46 yards rushing or more. So four players with 46 yards rushing or more. Ooh. You put all those guys' average together, it's got to be, I don't know, in the 7 or 8 range. I mean, their overall team average on the ground was 6.7. Justin Fields, by the way, just a whole hum, 300-yard, yep. four-touchdown game. We didn't even list him off <laughs> as a candidate no, we didn't. for the Eisman, but, you know, because but yeah, he's, to- Total yards, yeah. He was over 300 total yards on four touchdowns. Yeah. We, I, mean, I mean, it could have been – Is like, we've already kind of joked about this. Like, he, he, you're not going to win. We're not going to give it to him every week, which and, you could. And we are going to give him the 
Eisman of the Year player. We for can offense. go ahead and just give it to him right now. <laughs> I don't think I think we we don't have enough uh, time uh, in the season left for anybody to usurp Justin Fields. But anyways, yeah, I mean Justin Fields did what he was going to do. But overall, I mean the overall team thing. I think Ohio State will, you know, they have almost completely supplanted themselves in the college football playoff as long as they went out. And I do believe Indiana helped them on Saturday night. Oh, sure. I, I really do think. No, they did. no doubt. And then, of course, Sparty did not play a clean game. Ten penalties, 101 yards, four turnovers. So they had no chance in no, this game no. playing the way they did. And, you know, unfortunately, I think Sparty is one of those teams that, like we're talking about, a little bit underrated, but they just they just need a quarterback. They just don't have a quarterback right now. Yeah, um, that's – and just overall – Okay, it, it, I, I do believe there's still some issues with the offensive line. You can just tell. This yep. is overall a team that's still getting used to their their coaches and just the overall scheme. But I still think the John L. Smith Misery Index was oh, yeah. at a 2.5. It just went up to 3. It went up to a 3. So a half point, I think that's, that's a really fair th- – I mean – it's got to go up a little bit when you get beat by almost 40 points. You know, I think that's like sure. kind of a rule. But in the end, it doesn't go up much. Why? Because you know this is a work in progress. You're going against yes. a college football playoff, uh, you know, level team. Overall, I don't think Michigan State acquitted themselves that bad. And there's still plenty of stuff for Michigan State fans to be happy about. By the way, loved the Sparty uniforms, especially that helmet. Absolutely. That is their best helmet, I okay. think. You I know like you that. like the white one. I like the green one. They're both good. Oh, I, mean, I like fair. any... Two color helmet with just a simple uh, sure. symbol on it. That that's gonna get me every time. It's fantastic. That was that was probably the highlight for Sparty. Okay, was that helmet? <laughs> it was the helmet. Probably quite a bit more highlights for Ohio State. Um, will be interesting to see how things shape up. I mean, we are recording this on Sunday evening. There's a chance by the time this is posted, Kurt does that. He does all the work. By the time you post this. We could have news that, A, Michigan and Ohio State have canceled, quote-unquote, the game, or I should say Michigan has canceled it. Very quickly after that, I think we're going to hear news from Commissioner Alvarez (laughs) that that how they're going to rotate games around. I think Ohio State will be playing a game this Saturday Hmm. one way or the other. Thoughts? I mean, that's it's... You're not there yet for confidence. I'm not there yet, but... I mean, it seems to be trending in that direction, right? It it, it seems like they just kind of put the feelers out there earlier. I, correct. Just like, to see what kind of blowback they get. There wasn't much. People no. were like, ah, I get it. We, I think probably for the most part, Ohio State fans are like, well, yeah, that's what they're going to do for us. Right. And then non-Ohio State fans are like, yeah, that's what they'll do for Ohio State. I mean, I don't know how I feel about it, if that's what happens. I, I don't think I like it. I mean, I, I want to like, I I, see them play football. That's, but like, that's, why, why I'm choosing my fandom over... Fairness, I guess. Fandom yeah. over fairness. And this and I, isn't. This is not fairness. No, it's 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 quite different than that. But in I, the I end, don't like but, it. But I mean, it's it's all about it's all about what makes sense for the Big Ten Conference. <laughs> and what makes sense for the Big Ten Conference is Ohio State play this weekend, go to the Big Ten Championship, finish the regular season seven and zero, and go to the college football playoff. Yeah, that's what's best for the Big Ten. I mean, it is best for the Big yeah. Ten. You want to get a team into the playoff if you can, but it just. I don't know. It's just a double standard. I don't like it. I understand that stance, but I also am just going to basically ignore it and cheer for Ohio State to keep playing football. Yeah, I don't play. And I just want to point out Antoine Simmons, another great game. Have an amazing year. 12 tackles, two tackles for loss. So a lot of things to to, uh, take away from from this game. Uh, Yeah, Some things to take. Yep. Yep. Take away from this game. Right. The helmet. Don't forget the helmet. The helmet. Ohio State moves to 5-0 and with the win and with the loss. Michigan State falls to 2-4. and Next game up, Nebraska 37, Purdue 27. The Huskers with 364 yards of total offense. The Boilermakers with 332. Boilermakers were actually favored in this game, so an easy cover by Nebraska over under was 62.5. So we went over that as well. So it was nice to see Adrian Martinez playing, looking more like the Amar of old a little bit. Didn't you think 23 of 30, 242 yards, one touchdown in the air, and then two on the ground, 13 rushes for 45 yards. Yeah. 287 yards total offense, three touchdowns. Most importantly though, no turnovers, no turnovers. And also he's, he's been a, fumble machine and the picks haven't been great. The fact that he did not do that, I believe is attributed big time to Nebraska winning this game. Yeah. Now one of the things though, that disappointed me about that. Well, hold on. Diedrich Mills 
Yeah. That was their leading rusher. They had a running back leading the rushing stats. That was a good thing. Uh, yeah, we got yeah. 16 carries for 60 yards, had a touchdown. Oh, that's right. Martinez at 45. Okay, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, so he okay. beat him out. So that's that's encouraging. But what was I mean, not— th- But that's a th- that's a 3.8-yard average. Yeah, but that includes your... sacks, too. Okay. I don't know how many well, times Well, I'm talking sacked. Diedrich Mills. So oh, I'm sorry. His, his, his total carries, 16 for 60. Had the touchdown. I'm just saying— it it, but I will say having Dedrick Mills back there is a vast yes. improvement for the running back rushing attack as anything we've seen over the past couple of weeks. Okay, but here's what's disappointing me: they could not step on the throw to Purdue. Well, I so kept that's, like looking, you know, watching another yeah. game and looking back, like how are they keeping? How are they letting them hang around? I mean, that's kind of Purdue's mo a little yeah, bit. I guess so. Um, but you, you know, at halftime, Nebraska was up pretty big in this game. I mean, I think in the first half they had a 17-point lead at one point. Maybe it was early in the third quarter, and I tweeted out something to the effect of, "If Nebraska just plays a clean game, they are going to win this game." Now, can they do it? I think you have to say they did it. I mean, they didn't. They didn't yeah. go. They didn't go nuts with the turnovers. There still was some, but in the end, no turnovers. Uh, or excuse me, they didn't go nuts with the penalties. So Nine for 107. Not a great performance, well, okay. but. Okay. And when I say that, I mean, they didn't go nuts with the penalties in, in completely different than Purdue. This entire game sure. was nuts with penalties. Correct. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to articulate myself with that. They weren't hurting themselves with penalties any more than Purdue. And speaking of penalties, the streak was snapped. Yes. Early in the game, yes. I think we were at like 17, play 17, 17 plays. Purdue got a holding, got one right after right that. after that. The floodgates were opened at and, that point. And I was telling everybody at the casino about, about this. Can that. you believe what's happening here? The, so we called that. We said it was going to happen, right? Yeah. I mean, clearly the Big you, Ten said, okay. Do you think, yes. are, you, are you being sarcastic or do you honestly no, think that's I the case? No, I really okay. think that's the case. Okay. I mean, that made such such a round on Twitters, right? It on did. Twitters. It did. It, everybody was talking about it. You can't let a team go 574 plays without calling an opponent for a holding call. Now, I want to say this. The holding calls that I saw, I can't say if I saw, I, I, I'm i pretty sure I saw two. I think there might have been three versus Purdue. I think this it game, might have been three, yeah. holding. The ones I saw were flat-out holding calls. It was the correct oh, call. They're, they're egregious. To, to make. So, I'm, you know, I'm just saying... At least the call wasn't made on something chintzy. No, it the, wasn't. The call was... They were legitimate. Are you with me here? Like, yes. How it would have been more conspiracy theorists if they would have called Purdue for a chintzy call. Purdue's holding was out in front of God and everybody. It was no problem, you know, making that call. What so. if they took one of the Purdue players and said, I want you to hold him and hold him really good? Uh, speaking of Purdue, um, all of a sudden it has hit me how upset... Purdue fans. Oh boy, you could, are. It was noticeable. Af- like after I, this game. See, I have gone under the impression for a year or two now that essentially eighty-five percent, because nothing's ever a hundred percent, right? 85, 90% of Purdue fans believe Jeff Brom is near walk-on water type of status. Yeah, and I think for a while he, they did think that, uh, but he's gone seven and six, six and seven. Four and eight, yep. and now Purdue not looking real good two this and four. year. Nope. And, and that's the thing. It's not just that they're two and four. They're not looking – it's not a good-looking two It's and not four. a good-looking two and four. I mean, four. negative two yards rushing, again. Again. Cannot run the damn ball. And give Nebraska defense credit yes. with that. Um, I, I think it was pretty obvious that Purdue wasn't going to be able to consistently run the ball in this game. So Jeff Brom just goes away with it that quick. And this is what – the, the you know this is what the infighting is for Purdue fans and I'm sure within even the coaching staff. Brom's the guy calling the plays. He is the face yeah. of the offense. Okay, you can't win games in this conference if you have like you don't have to be the top two teams in the league rushing the ball, but you can't be this bad. No, you can't. They're they're getting up into historically bad rushing totals. I mean, this isn't the first time we've seen them at negative yards. They're horrible last year too. They were horrible last year. Yeah. We, that was the one thing we said in the, that they had to work on this year is you have to start running the football and they cannot. Um, they threw the ball just fine, especially when you consider this is a backup quarterback, uh, David Bell still yeah. with a good game. Um, there's a you know conspiracy theory. I don't know what to call it conspiracy theory, but Dustin Shooty's pointing out very accurately that the offense has actually took a step back yeah. ever since Rondell Moore's got back, and he brings up a good point in that 
if they're trying to force the ball to oh, Rondell Moore. So, boy, are they? Yeah. I mean, he had 13 catches, and you would think someone as electric as him with 13 catches. Oh, well, he must have had 200 yards. No, he had 78 yards yeah. receiving. Yeah. Uh, so he had one rush for seven yards. But, yeah, they are just absolutely forcing the ball into him. Now, one thing that is even – there could be some things to point out with Purdue offensively that we don't like, but even beyond that, that defense is no bueno. That is that is a poorly coached Bobby Disco defense that I'm well, saying. Well, so here's it. the thing about the coaching is probably what maybe by week like three or something we started hearing chatter from Purdue fans about how they didn't like Bobby Disco as their defensive coordinator. Get rid of Bobby Disco. Now it's starting with Brown. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like I thought for a while there it was just more, you know, being specific to the defense and and everything like that. But I think at some point you eat through the one side of the rotten peach and you flip it over to the other side. And you're like, no, the person that is actually ahead of all of this is Brom. We'll get into this into the offseason coaching rankings, probably a little bit deeper, but the overall roster management from Jeff Brom is not good. And yeah. it's getting a bit worse. I think me. it's getting a little worse. I mean, yeah. there's rumors that, you know, he kind of lost the, the team a little bit. Is that way. what you've been hearing? There's been chatter, chatter. as you said, there's say. been some chatter. Yeah. Um, so let's see. I mean, I I still think Brom is a good offensive mind, but I just don't know what's going on right now. I just don't know if it's a great fit in the Big Ten. Maybe. I mean, but I mean, we he, can't break it all down here on this specific podcast, but... I don't know. I feel like there's something going on here. Yeah, it's off. But people want... the So people want Brian to start calling the plays. I don't know. I think... How, how, how big of a difference would that be? And I still think... I mean, that's... That's the strength of Brom is his ability normally to call offensive yes. plays. He's not doing well right now. Because I will ad- you can't say there's nothing we're ever going to say against his quarterback development. I mean, right. if I'm a if I'm a big time recruit at either quarterback or wide receiver, I totally understand why you sure. look at going to Purdue. It's just that if you are a position at person that plays a position at anywhere else anywhere else on the field. I don't know. Not looking real good. But, yeah, I, d- I wouldn't want to take the play calling away from Brown because I feel like he can get that back. He, okay. he didn't forget how to call plays. No, I don't think so. And maybe he just feels like what he's seeing now, just he knows that they just do. They just lack the ability to run the ball. So he believes this is the best way to, to win is just by chucking it around. I mean, but they it, moved, has, it, ha- it hasn't worked for four straight weeks now. They moved the ball 334 yards through the air. Of course, subtracting those two from the ground, only 332 on on the game. But still, yeah. they got it. They got it done through the air. 33 of 47. Jack Plummer, 334 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. So, I, I don't know. But if you just mix that in with a little bit of a rushing attack, it helps. I mean, <laughs> the most carries anybody had was Xander Horvath, only seven carries. You're yeah. not even trying. That's not even trying. No, no. And then, I guess a part of it is they were down. They were playing from behind. Yeah. But I don't know. Part of that is not running the ball and not trying to get back into the game running the ball. But anyway, it is amazing how that how you can take someone like Rondale Moore and have it be like not be able to utilize him. Right. It's just it's 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 mind boggling, especially when we've already seen this coach and this offense utilize Rondale Correct. Moore. But that's that is the fickleness of the sport of college football. Indeed. Right yeah. there. Uh, with the win, Nebraska moves to two and four with the loss. Purdue falls to two and four next game up our last 11 o'clock game Penn State 23 Rutgers seven the Nittany Lions with 381 yards of total offense the Scarlet Knights with 205 yikes this was a line uh, that had Nittany Lions favored by 11 and a half Thought Rutgers was going to get a garbage I touchdown too, to help so, me out, but that I, did not happen. I had Rutgers mm-hmm. on the line. I also yeah. had, I took the money line. I just had a feeling. Yeah. And that feeling was definitely wrong. Uh, over under was 54. Well under that. That was the best. So I've got in big yellow marks right here. I would say collectively this is the biggest whiff we've had this year. Oh, yeah. Projecting we, a game. We both picked Rutgers. We both picked Rutgers. I had a feeling. The feeling was wrong. This, it, it, it it was only about a quarter, maybe a quarter half into this game. I'm like, oh, yeah. Rutgers not winning no. this game. Uh-uh. I mean, this was, and of course, I you know, I had the thought at some point in my head, there was actually somebody that res, uh, responded to my, um, my predictions that I put out on Friday. And I can't remember who it was. I wish I, wish I could give him credit right now. But this person said, I think what you're going to see here is just 
Penn State with an obvious talent advantage, and they're mm-hmm. just going to take over. And I know I replied to that person. Could totally see that happening. That's exactly. It's what exactly happened. what happened. But this game overall was pretty ugly. It was not. It was not a fun game to watch. No, really. it was it's not a little, aesthetically pleasing. A little painful. Um, I guess you got to give Rutgers some credit. 381 yards, not great, um, but only 133 through the air. But then ee, 248 on the ground that they gave up. 248. I mean, uh, uh, held the ball 36 minutes to 20. Almost 37. Almost 37 minutes. 30, I mean, that is an insanely high uh, difference in holding the ball. Three turnovers in the game, two of them by Penn State. So, yeah, you can't say Penn State won the game. But this is just this came down to simply as this. Penn State did just enough on offense. I mean, they ran the ball well. That's they ran the ball well, yeah. and they tackled on defense. That's, That's all it took. That's I'm sorry, it. but there's just nothing else to break down in this game. No, I mean, so I I was getting kind of excited because Vedral had that that pass to Bo Melton early um, for the touchdown, and I thought maybe we're going to see something. That's just that was that, that was, was their, that was their whole that was a like whole day. the only excitement in this game to me was. Probably not even so much for Rutgers fans. It was literally gamblers that wanted to see if Rutgers was going to get a garbage time touchdown. Yes, that, that, that was by far the most exciting time. Oh, enti- it was. I entire- mean, I was on the edge of my seat yes. at that point, um, and it felt like a garbage time touchdown. It did. It point. did. I it really did. felt like it was going yeah. to happen. So the the one thing when I this is when I knew that the game was over. I think is I'm sitting there watching the game, and and in comes Johnny Football Langan because it was a fourth and one or third and one and they put yep. the stat up there yep. he has rushed 11 times on third or fourth and one and he's gotten a first down every time I'm like well they be, they jinxed him oh yeah they yep. jinxed him he yep. got stuffed i'm yep. like game's over yep that's it <laughs> with the win penn state moves to two and five important win you don't know why why is that penn state is now a part of the oh, 900 win club that's in right. college football that's right so Pretty not impressive. the year not the win that you wanted to get it but in the end, something happy for, for Penn State fans to be happy. Did about. you happen to catch how many teams are in part of that club? I did not. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to know that. Yeah, it's okay. got to be like what ten, well, maybe four in this conference, right? Well, Ohio, Ohio State, State Michigan, Michigan, Nebraska, Penn State, Nebraska. Oh yeah, yeah. So we got four. I gotta think. Um, with the loss, Rutgers falls to two and five. All right, moving in to the afternoon games. Indiana, 14, Wisconsin, 6. The Hoosiers with 217 yards of total offense to the Badgers, 342. There's like a thing going on in the league this year where it's almost like a curse to have the most yards in the game unless you're Ohio State. I know. They, they of course, buck the trend. But anyways, I want to talk about a line that was off. Badgers favored by 14 and a half. Not only do they cover... They get beat outright. You know, something to point out. It was 14 to 6. Um, I think it was uh, Williams or uh, uh, who dropped the. Uh, there was a, a, a touchdown catch late in the game that was just dropped. It would have okay. made it 21 to 6. So not only did they miss the line bad, they could have missed it even worse. This was the lowest uh, uh, over under on the day. At 45.5, went well under. This was another amazingly accurate or amazingly easy under bet yeah. should you have chose to play. So let's let's start out with the Hoosiers first. I mean, um, so it's weird to look at these stat lines, right? Because they only had 15 first downs. You mentioned only 217 total yards, 130 passing, 87 on the ground. There's not a lot about this that jumps out and says big victory by Indiana. No. I mean, this is... It's an ugly. I'm telling you. I'm telling you how this went down. Indiana had a nice drive in the. I was in the middle of the second quarter. Okay. Um, I believe it was zero to zero at that point. Maybe it was three. No, it was zero to zero at that point. Okay. Nice drive. Put together a nice drive. Really good play call down on the goal line. Good touchdown pass. Twelve plays, fifty-three yards. Yep. Okay. So, and I think it was seven to three at halftime. It was seven three at halftime. Yep. yep. And then Indiana opened up the second half, drove right down the field through another was a really good uh, completion by Tuttle in that in that drive, uh, uh, scored a touchdown there. I'm dead serious. That's it. That oh, that's was, it. They they had two good drives. Other than that, just a couple. You know, basically three and outs, or maybe they get five or six play drives, and then they punted. I mean, the Wisconsin defense that we talked about on sure. the last podcast, it showed up. But in the end, 
That was it. It was two drives. And it was two out of three drives. So they had the touchdown, then they punted, then went into halftime, and they come out of halftime with the ball and score another two, t- uh, another touchdown. So they, they basically played two series, and that's all they needed. That's all they needed. Why? Because the uh, uh, Indiana defense was insane. I mean, they were all over the field. And they're leading the, the conference still in takeaways. So not only are they good at limiting – the other team moving the ball, they take the ball away. Yes. Uh, Jamar Johnson with the pick in this game, but you have got to give a shout out to, uh, uh, to uh, uh, Taiwan Mullen. That dude is just every, I think, I think he's going to get first team, all big 10 cornerback. He, he, and, and he might not have the total stats, but, when that guy blitzes, I swear to God, he gets home 80% of the time. It's amazing. And then he causes fumbles, and that, he did it in this game again. And I got to say, it is remarkable how they dial up these blitzes and never get burned by them. It's insane. I, I, I don't know if it's just pure great coaching or if it's stupid luck or a combination it's of the two. It's not stupid. Don't, hey, whoop, whoop, don't say stupid luck. <laughs> okay. Tom Allen might seek you out through this <laughs> podcast true. and kill you. Um, the t- that's why I said the timing of their blitzes and just the timing of them to make a play. Yes, right. I know. And, and that's defense definitely, but on the offensive side of the two, when it's like, boy, we need a play to like yeah. get the offense going or put a score on. They, they well, come up with it. And like we talked about, they're just extremely efficient in the red zone. Once they get to the red zone, that's extremely too. efficient. hundred um, percent. They are all heart and ball sack, man. That is, that is <laughs> okay, the entire Hoosier but, team. Uh, okay. But how much heart and ball sack, like when does that finally lose? When does heart and ball sack finally lose? <laughs> um, because I, I mean, how 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 can you keep? I, I mean, they Wisconsin's played, they played def- Purdue this weekend, so I I think they got enough. Heart. You got to score. You got You're gonna have you're, to score against Purdue. You're probably right. You're probably right. It's an interesting matchup. They got, it is I an understand. interesting matchup. I understand what you're and saying. I know this is a good Wisconsin defense, but you just got to bring it better on offense. I'm I'm a little scared for them right okay. now. Okay, I understand. I understand where you're going with that. Speaking of the Badgers, uh, six points. All right, I'm going to quiz you real quick. When is the last time the Badgers scored six oh, points boy. or less? Oh, boy. Let me think about that. I mean, it's got to be like, it's got to be five years or more, right? It is Ten. exactly I'm five say, years. Oh, it was five years. Yep. Oh, against Northwestern. Nope. <laughs> Iowa won the game 10 to 6. Okay. So the funny thing is, I thought I was going to have to go all the way back to 2014 when they got blitzed by Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. Sure. Yep. But that's, that's I forgot about the 10 6 Iowa game. Uh, how about uh, how many times have the Badgers scored l- less than 10 points the last five seasons? Five. Only five times in the last five seasons. Uh, this year, twice. I can't believe it's okay. This year, yeah. Ohio, because Northwestern, they, right? Last year against Ohio State, they scored seven. Okay. Ne- never scored less than 10 in 2018. Never scored less than 10 in 2017. 2016 versus Michigan. 2015 versus Iowa. 2014 Ohio State. And it took in the Big Ten Championship for the half. But point I'm trying to make, I know the Wisconsin offense isn't as good right now as what Wisconsin offenses has been. But you still don't shut a Wisconsin offense like this down. They're just too efficient running the ball, hitting play actions. They always put points on the board. I'm giving more credit to Indiana's defense. Right. They deserve it. With that being said, there are some broken parts on this Wisconsin offense right now that I really don't think can be denied. I mean, Graham Mertz, kind of a pedestrian game, 20 of 34, 202, zero touchdowns, one interception. Yeah, their leading, leading rusher was Jalen Berger, 15 carries, 87 yards. Eh, not, he, not okay. bad. What I saw out of Wisconsin Twitter on Saturday evening is they were upset about Jalen Berger not getting more carries. Sure. Rightfully so. He looked pretty dang good. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 he had lanes to run. I don't know why they didn't lean on him more and then could have that opened things up, but there is no doubt about it. The Indiana secondary just locked down this Wisconsin uh, uh, passing attack. On the outside, the receivers just had nothing open. By the way, confirmed again, Jake Ferguson is Barry Alvarez's uh, grandson. The new we, commissioner. We, we, heard that, <laughs> we heard that again. I, I think it's a little bit of both here. What I'm saying is, this is a great Hoosier defense, but if this is if this Hoosier defense would have gone against Wisconsin's offense, just throwing it out there from last year, mm-hmm. 
no way that they are only no, allowing no, 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 six no. points. Like, for sure. like what I'm saying is there are issues with it, with the Wisconsin offense right now. Oh, for sure. There are. Now we, we saw a pretty good Wisconsin defense. I got to point this out. Cause you know how much I love me some Ty Freifogel one catch yesterday. Yeah. One catch, a big one, 35 yards, but they did a great job with him. Wisconsin has an elite defense. Yes. I, I think this is the best defense in the Big Ten. Okay, so that was, that was going to be my question. Yeah. Do you think they're better than Indiana's defense? Iowa, Indiana, Wisconsin, Northwestern, these are all I mean, I've, really good defenses. I think I trust Wisconsin more because they do it in a more do. traditional way. They don't have to. They don't have to dial up all these blitzes. So I think I'd rather take Wisconsin's. I have the most confidence in Wisconsin's deep. Like the way I would put it is, all those other defenses I just named, I'd be a little bit skittish with them going against an elite el- offense. If Wisconsin's going against an elite offense, I'm sitting there thinking, I think Wisconsin's defense yep. is going to look good tonight. Yep. So yeah, I would give them, and that's why I think you still keep Wisconsin ranked. I know that's crazy. I. I still would put them up against, yeah. like, here's what I'm saying. Just, you know, throwing it out there, like, uh, BYU. Okay, I don't know. I mean, they didn't look too good sure. on Saturday night. But BYU will still be ranked. My point is, I bet you if Wisconsin went versus a BYU type of team, any one of those, like, ranked AAC teams or yep. whatever, they would run the ball right down their throats. I think so. And they would play great defense. I think they so. They would get just enough out of their quarterback to win those games. Yep. To me, this is still one of the 25 best teams in the country. Yeah, two and two. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. I mean, if they hadn't played, if they had played a more traditional schedule, they would definitely have more wins on the, uh, even if they lost their quarterback preseason just like they did, to to been able to give Mertz more reps against lesser opponents would have helped with his development. It's just lacking. So I'm wondering, because Cone was dressed. Right. I'm wondering if you don't put Cone back in. I mean, Mertz didn't look. And I and I and it, it's a good point because what I would say is we're probably seeing the reason why Cone was still the starter going into fall camp. Yeah, I think so. I think he's probably better than Mertz. I think he is. Is that fair? And and if you look at Graham Mertz, he had that amazing game against Illinois. But I mean, it's a pretty bad Illinois pass. That's that's his that's his season. Okay, okay, okay. But with that being said, Wisconsin is sitting at two and two. Okay. Their losses are against Northwestern yeah. and Indiana. They yeah. haven't lost to, sh- to slouches, okay? No. And then they bomb the other two teams they played, okay? So, and, and, you know, the Illinois team they played was the healthy Illinois team yeah. at the beginning of the year, and they right. blitzed them pretty oh, hard. Yeah. I'm just saying, again, the more weak competition Wisconsin plays, the more wins they would have. Sure, of course. I, okay. All right. I don't, I, I don't know why I'm going. I don't know. I feel like. I, I think we may see Macy Cone next week. I think there's a very good chance of yeah. that. With the win, Indiana moves to a very impressive six and one. Wisconsin falls to two and two. The other thing uh, I want to add before we move on to the next game is uh, you know the Leo love each other yeah. stuff. Hashtag Leo. I mean, it's I believe in it. It's real. Like I saw uh, Tom Allen get you know mobbed by his his players sure. when they were trying to interview him as they were walking off the field. That wasn't contrived. It's real. No, they got good team chemistry. It is. There's no doubt. Off, it is off the charts. I, I right love now. me some Tommy. A. Tommy is, I mean, he's pretty much got Big Ten coach of the year wrapped up, I would say. I would think so. At this point. Um, but Shiano's probably. I mean, Kirk Ferentz. Right? Well, yeah, that's, that's a good point. I'm not saying he is going to get it. I'm saying bringing his name up in, in the coach of the year rankings. It's okay to do that. In fact, we're going to be talking about Kirk Ferentz for this next game. Okay, well, let's get into it. This was our Big Ten game of the week. Iowa 35, Illinois 21. The Hawks with 424 yards of total offense. That is the second highest uh, offensive total on the board this week. The Illini with 348. This line was Hawks by 13 and a half, so a half-point cover for the Hawkeyes. This line was a 51 over-under, which went over on the... Last touchdown yeah. Illinois scored that I think you could probably label as a garbage time touchdown. See, now, when we were doing our preview, though, the spread was 14, I think. Yes, it kind of de- – I well, I went with 13. We went with 13 and a half on the pod. Oh, I, we did? Okay. the same sheet that we used here. But there, you you could have gotten this as high as 14 and a half down to 13. So there definitely was a range in this hmm, game. I, thought, so. I don't remember being 13 and a half. I thought it was 14 because I remember – I thought I called the push, didn't I? On the the previous spot? I don't know. Okay. Whatever. But it was it was right on that, that 13 and a half, 14 line right there. Anyways, tale of uh 
usually it's a tale of two halves that you get. This was a tale of the first quarter as compared to the rest of the game. Which is why I wanted to talk about Kirk Ferentz, because I think the obvious difference in this game was coaching. Okay. I mean, they came, Alina came out, two big touchdowns right away, and they did something defensively. They adjusted, and the game was over for Illinois. But I want to – okay, let's talk about that first quarter <clears throat> first, okay? Cut. Illinois dominated that first quarter. There, there's Here's... no other way to say it. I mean, and the other thing I want to say is um, Iowa wasn't playing shitty defense to start out with. They were sure. forcing Illinois into some, you know, third downs, second and third and longs. Brandon Peters was just dialing he up was. the throws. And the, so and what the, happened? And then, and then the the next drive, too, there was just touch passes. Yeah. I mean, I rewatched the game that a Matter Bebe touchdown that was in the awesome. end zone. There was that was good coverage. There was nowhere else Brandon Peters could have thrown that ball except right there. I I was thinking to myself, uh oh, uh, this is the Brandon Peters yeah. that played two weeks ago right. versus Nebraska. Iowa had nothing going on offense. It was pretty obvious that Illinois was was selling out to stop. Iowa's rushing sure. attack. They were successful. They doing were doing it. great. Petrus had nothing going. Yeah. That, I just synapsed that first quarter. I So I, what I was saying to the Hawks fans around me, because I, I was in the sports book. It was in Iowa. I was the only Illini fan. It was all yep. Hawkeye fans. And I'm looking, and, you know, we were on good terms. Like I kept saying to them, I'm like, hey, after you guys win, we'll still be friends. It'll be okay. <laughs> so, right. Um, but, but I'm watching the game. I go, I'm not sure. Are we dominating the line of scrimmage? And they're like, yes, you're dominating the line of scrimmage. I'm like, yes, we are. Okay. I For a quarter. I, I would say that th- your defensive line was. I don't, I don't think it was so much the other way. The uh, point I'm trying to make is at no point was Illinois like blasting Iowa's uh, front seven. With that being said, I want to give a shout-out to Chase Brown. He is good, man. Yeah, he he's is, good. He is one of the most underrated players in the entire Big Ten. Nobody talks about him. Uh, I, he he deserves to get talked about, especially with him being the only you know running back in this game with Epstein getting injured. I mean, he was out there the whole time running his his ass off, and he looked good. So so I would say yes. I mean, sometimes what looks like the quote unquote lines getting dominated is just proper scheme sure. and a play play call. That's Which, what I saw out okay. of Illinois, and that gets me back to my original point is. After the first quarter, they got outcoached. Which is weird to me because you typically see more dramatic adjustments like that. At halftime. At the half. No, this happened in-game. That's what, what makes it even more impressive. Which just gets me back to, I mean, I'll shout out another shout-out to Dustin Schutte in his article this week. He said that it was a phenomenal adjustment. Yeah. I don't, I don't think Phil Parker is going to go anywhere because he's a little long in the tooth to be sure. trying to – but. I sure hope he doesn't because – but what does this guy have to do to get recognition? I mean, so he's the Chase Brown of coordinators. Very, very good point. But so my thought was – and this goes back to the same point. My thought was, okay, we're going to we're gonna ride this all the way to halftime. It's going to be a tough second half, but we're going to go into halftime leading this game for sure. I was sure of it. And then, boom, boom. it flipped. And it really – when I rewatched it, it, it flipped late in the second quarter. It was still 14 nothing with, I'm going to say, about eight minutes left in the second quarter. Iowa went for it on a fourth and two, got the first down. Yep. After that, I believe Iowa scored on that possession in the next – Four possessions after that. Suddenly, yep. the Iowa offense took off. At the beginning of the game, I tweeted out, "There's, there's the big difference in this game is that one team has a quarterback and the other one doesn't. I was talking about uh, Peters. Peters being yeah. the quarterback. Then it kind of flipped. It literally flipped. It's crazy. Here. It's crazy how fast that happened. You, ne- you just, you don't see you that. You don't see that. That is, that is. That alone made it. A pretty entertaining game. I mean, we made this the Big Ten game of the week. Sure. I really think it was. It was pretty damn good. At least a- through two and a half quarters. I mean, at some point it got into the fourth quarter and it looked I mean it's pretty obvious that Iowa was gonna win the game. But for Iowa to get down like that, to come back and make it 14-13 at half, still some drama. I it, I don't know. It it was a pretty fun game to watch. I it think. was a pretty fun yeah. game to watch. Did you notice that uh I had people tweeting at me, who is this guy returning punts? Did you notice that? And I'm like, I don't even know who that would be. It's yes. got it's gotta be a walk on. It's their backup punter kicker, Caleb Griffin. They that's how 
remember I was talking about this in the preview. Like we just need someone to catch the ball and advance the ball. And that's the, what they did. And that they're like, he can catch a football. Put him out there. That's incredible. That was Caleb Griffin. So I heard him talking about it in the game. And I wasn't really the following way, because they were calling the wrong name. They were calling Carlos Sandy. I'm like, it's because not they Carlos just Sandy. assumed it was not the punter returning. Correct. It. Okay. I, I I'll be honest with you. You know, when you watch a game, it's dramatic a little bit. You got emotions going through it. And I'm like, well, they didn't just say the punter returned it. Right. But that's what it was. Well, I mean, initially they were calling him the wrong name. Okay. Like the first time or maybe two times he went out there, they kept calling him Carlos okay. Sandy. I'm like, it's not Carlos Sandy. Yeah. But I couldn't figure out who it was. Yeah. And then it hit me. Oh my God. That's Caleb Griffin out there. <laughs> Speaking of punters. Uh yes. Okay. I'm 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 this is under protest. Oh yeah. Yes, I'm okay. protesting. Oh, oh okay. I, I want to hear this. Okay, I'm gonna get Okay, for the people who haven't listened to the last podcast, Big Kurt and I, we, we love our punting porn. Yes. We, we made do. a joke of it on the last podcast. We both love our punters. The 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 bet at hand was which punter would get the ball closest, deep, closest to, the to the goal line. Yeah. And Tory Taylor got it down to the sixth, I think was five the, or six. Yeah. It was about the, okay. And, and, but Blake Hayes, it wasn't fair. Cause he never had a chance. <laughs> we didn't put, we didn't put bylines in the, he bag. was always kicking from his, almost his, his end zone. Hey. Wasn't it? He never got a chance all, to even have all part of me and Tory Taylor's plan. I'm going to buy you bourbon, but okay. I'm uh, this is under protest. I'll give you a chance to win it back. How about that? We'll okay. do some sort of double nothing at some point, by the way. Okay. So again, I got I got burned again. So we bet a bourbon on this one, but then we on the the panel the the holding for Nebraska. We never bet anything. We never bet that, and you would have you would have won. That. I win every one that we don't put anything on. <laughs> we got to keep that streak going because it you know it helps out for me. Um, yeah, uh, Davion Nixon one and a half tackles for loss. Zach Van Valkenburg two more tackles for loss. My cousin, your your cousin, the Iowa defensive line along with Chauncey Golson, three dudes that are just getting into the backfield. Yeah. Um, shout out to the uh, uh, linebackers Jack Campbell and Nick. Nick Neiman, they are everywhere for that Iowa defense right now. I will wound up with 202 yards passing, 200 and uh, uh, 22 yards passing, 204 yards rushing. So almost equal Pretty in good. the game. That's what Iowa sets out to be. I still don't know what we have with, with Spencer Petras. No. He still scares me every time he, he goes scare back me too. to throw. But does he not come up with some – Wizards of throws? He, he sometimes too? does. He's he's really inconsistent. Uh, then we had Juice Point O came in, that was and fun. he gave him a pop. Yeah, I didn't mind them doing that because nothing was happening with Brandon Peters by that point in the game, so you might as well change it up. And it was that was fun to watch. Dude, I mean, I, I mean that was the difference with that game freaking going over. Yeah, I know. Is, well, is him I, coming in? I lost money on it when yeah. he threw that goddamn touchdown pass. Yeah, I know. Me too. Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Meaningless touch. I mean, it wasn't even... You know, well, it could have been, I guess, a cover for some people if they got it early at 14 and a half. But anyways, long story short, the Ice Bowl was fun. Uh, it was. Appreciate, appreciate you being a good sport, not only with the uh, bourbon bed and the, how the game went, with the Hawkeye fans at the sportsbook. Good I had fans. a great time with the Hawks fans. I yeah. mean, they were all, you know, good-natured guys. I was ribbing everyone. I told one guy to shut up at one point because he was cheering too loud. He, he, just, he just looked he at me and laughed. Yeah. yeah. Good times. Glad and you had I, a good and time. I, I got a number of beers off of them. <laughs> I wish I would have went with you, man. That was a that's a regret hey, I have right now. You guys want to let's go, baby. Yeah, it's we'll a four-hour drive. We'll try it some other time. With the win, Iowa moves to five and two, the only team in the Big Ten West thus far that has played every one of their games. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of incredible, right? It's a victory in itself. That right is there. a victory in itself for Hawkeye fans. Illinois with the loss moves to two and four. So that wraps up uh, week seven in the Big Ten. Um, we will see. Uh, I believe we are going to have a nearly full slate of games. I think we're going to have one game that is canceled. You think that one's going to be canceled, huh? I, 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 do, I do not think Michigan is going to be playing this weekend. Interesting. So you, you think they might? No, I don't know. Okay. Just not as convinced as I am. I guess not as convinced as you. Do you want to do some uh, Big Ten power rankings here? Sure, we can do that. Yeah, let's let's do, uh, list off Dustin Schuette's Big Ten power rank rankings, of course, from SaturdayTradition.com. Number one, Ohio State at number two, Indiana. I think those are pretty yep. indisputable. Indisputable. Northwestern at three, Iowa four. Yeah, I mean you gotta yeah, put you gotta put you gotta put Northwestern there. above Iowa. They beat them head to head. They only have one loss. You, you have to. I mean, there's yep. no other way to do it. Do you think I'm a homer when I say I would like to see those two teams play now? Or oh, I'd love to see that now. Yeah, I mean, it might look like the ex exact same I mean, game. It's still Northwestern, right? 
So okay, well, number five is Wisconsin, which I think they. So I to me, I I can I don't believe you can question any of one of those five. I don't those, think so. Those are all dead on. For Here's me. where it starts getting yeah. questionable. Now we now we just because and I'm not blaming Dustin. It no, just gets difficult no. at this point. Number six, Maryland. Sure. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. But then seven, Nebraska. I mean, they've won two of their last three. I think they're playing pretty darn good defense. Adrian Martinez looks better. This this is a much improved Nebraska team right then now. Then eight is Penn State, nine yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. Again, I mean, there's respect. Penn State, here. I can understand. Like again, Penn State. <laughs> by the way, when we were talking about best defenses in the Big Ten, look at Penn State. Oh my stats. gosh, I know. We actually sold them short when we were talking about those defenses up there, mostly because you know Penn State's just having such a rough, rough season. Right. But Brett, good Brett Price got him playing again. He does. Yep. He does. So okay, eight, eight uh, Penn State, nine Minnesota, ten Illinois. Yeah. That lost head to head or beat uh, Nebraska head to head at seven. Yeah, it's tough. both have two wins. To a certain degree, you could almost flip flop them, and and I think you go. There's always going to be, and there should be a little bit of recency bias in these. Yeah, I guess it's true. So that's yeah. true. Okay, number eleven, Rutgers. Sure. Yeah, they got it. two wins. They've well, they all got two wins, I guess. But you know, it's a team that's pesky and is going to fight. Michigan State at twelve. Sure. Michigan at thirteen. They should be. They they should be. It's I mean, Michigan State team. should be in front of Michigan. They should be right. Yeah, they beat them head to head. And Purdue last. And then fourteen is Purdue. They've won, they've lost four in a row. Oof. You know, like they're is they're crazy. going they're going downhill. Boy, that that Minnesota game hurt so bad. Yeah. When you go back to that, the phantom uh, uh, offensive pass interference. Yeah. Oof. I mean, I, I there's no there's nobody in there. There's you know like. The one thing I would say is typically when you see those uh, rankings like that, there are always uh, uh, fans of teams that are going to like beat their chest and go nuts. You don't see much of that in his replies or any replies for these rankings for no. for power rankings for the Big Ten because I don't think any team six through fourteen really feels like they have any leg to stand on to beat their chest with. No, it's true. Um, quick other rankings too. I did my big sad big fan or big happy fan base rankings. Um, so oh, uh, big sad we'll do first. I put Purdue number one, four okay. in a row. Sure. They, I felt like the temperature of that fan base on Twitter oh, yes. is as hot. Yes. And the funny thing is, the only thing Purdue fans are getting mad at me about, they're like, we're not sad, we're mad! They say that every week. Okay. I, at some point, I might just change it to big mad rankings <laughs> instead of sad, just to appease Purdue. I put Wisconsin second. I mean, pretty much, yeah. it, it's been a rough season. They haven't played very many games. Right. Now they get beat again. Wisconsin isn't used to feeling like this. I put Illinois third. Eh, okay, I, know. Yo, okay oh, I cannot do anything right with Illinois. I put Illinois in the happy fan base rankings last week after they beat M- Nebraska, and I got torched by Illinois fans. <laughs> for doing it. Well, then it was after they didn't play Ohio State. I'm like, but you didn't lose, and Northwestern lost. That's a good aggregate weekend yeah, it, for it, it Illinois fans. They're like, no, put us in the sad rankings. They well, were mad. They were mad. Like, like I like to say, I'm not happy. I'm never going to be happy. You can't force me to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Illinois fans. Um, I got Rutgers four, uh, Michigan five, Michigan State six. So in this case, Michigan State isn't feeling great, but still. Yeah, they're playing with Houseman. They nothing to lose this that, year. Right? Okay. Yeah. And you still got to put Michigan in front of them because they beat Michigan. Yep. For the happy fan base, I put Indiana number one. Yeah, they have seem, to be. Okay, you agree with that? Absolutely. They seem like they're just loving life right now. I mean, I see uh, Indiana basketball fans that are just, you know, tortured. I'm like, you're even Steven. Yeah. Look at your football Look team. At your football team. They just don't care as much. I put Northwestern two, probably a little bit controversial, but they they they're going to the Big Ten championship. Yeah, like, they clinched like, it. They've, they've sitting on their couch. They clinched it. They're play. They've been playing on house money yeah. for a while too, right? Uh, I put Nebraska number three. I mean, that sure. is the happiest two and four last place Big Ten West absolutely fan base that I've ever seen. Uh, they just want to play. They wanted to see the team keep battling. They yeah. got they got a win out of it. <laughs> put Iowa fourth. Uh, I was five and two. I mean, zero oh and two to five and two. Yeah, Iowa fans are pretty happy. I would think so right now. Now I put Ohio State five. Okay, they haven't lost a game. They won in a blowout fashion. But my my asterisk to it is there's just uncertainty right now. So I don't feel like Ohio State fans can even there's like anxiety. They can't even completely enjoy Probably what's not. going on because they don't even know if they're going to get to play in the Big Ten championship. Right. Okay. Uh, number six, I put Penn State. They're going to win. Right? Yeah. Got their 900th win. There's something to be happy about. Maryland 7, you know, 
Whatever. Okay. And then Minnesota eighth. Last time they played, they won. Yeah. They've been off for two weeks, so I put them last because they haven't been able to watch their fan, their, yeah. their team play. So. Well, going to be interesting this week to see what happens with yeah. uh, Michigan Ohio State. Yep. <clears throat> I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon.